This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, welcome to Movember Radio. I'm Osha Ginsberg. Thanks for being here. This is a weekly podcast focusing on men's health and the issues that men face today. There are more than 5 million people in the Movember community worldwide, and each week we speak to someone from that community who's passionate about changing the face of men's health. Never miss an episode. It's super easy. You can find us in SoundCloud, iTunes, or the podcast app of your choice. Also, MovemberRadio.com. My guest this week is Amy Vos. She is an award-winning breakfast radio announcer from the Midlands in the UK. You can hear her on Jam 106 in Nottingham. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter, Amy V-O-C-E, A-M-Y-V-O-C-E. Five years ago, Amy lost her father to prostate cancer. And at the time of diagnosis, he was otherwise fit, healthy, didn't smoke or drink. So the diagnosis was a complete shock to the whole family. Amy is now a tireless and dedicated advocate for raising awareness about prostate cancer. She's doing things like completing a 350-kilometer ride across Northern California. It's 200 miles uh, for November. In a few weeks, she'll run a half marathon for November, even though she's never been a runner. So come with me now to Nottingham in the UK for a chat with Amy Vos. I'm very, very grateful that you've made time for us today. Um, oh, thank you. Where do we find you in the world today? Uh, so I'm in Nottingham in the UK. And so, for, for yeah. folks who only know uh, about sheriffs of Nottingham, what happens in Nottingham? Uh, I mean, that's it. We just walk around with bow and arrows um, looking for uh, the sheriff of Nottingham, the evil man. No, uh, so Nottingham, we're in the East Midlands. Uh, my radio station covers uh, region, uh, which is East Midlands, Leicester, Derby and Nottingham. So we're actually based in Nottingham. So it's, uh, it's a bit grey and miserable today. But, uh, no, yeah, Nottingham's a pretty good city. We, it's uh, got quite a bit going on. So, yeah, it's okay. 
Yeah, yeah, and you, you speaking of quite a bit going on, when you're not eating, sleeping or raising money for Movember, could you tell us what you do with your day? Uh, so I'm a radio presenter and I work on a breakfast show. We're called Sam and Amy, uh, me and another guy. And Let me guess, uh, it's so, Sam, right? Yes. You'd be amazed the amount of people who meet us and go, so which one's, Amy? Which one's Sam? Well, process of elimination, think about it, because there's only going to be one Amy. It'd be weird if he was it anyway. So, yeah, we're called Sam and Amy, and, uh, yeah, we work here on Gem 106, which is a radio station. Like I say, we cover the East Midlands, and uh, we've also done some bits on BBC Radio 2, which you may be more familiar with. Um, so we've done a bit, a couple of bits of them, and, uh, yeah, so I'm a radio presenter, maybe. Unreal, unreal. And what kind of... Uh, what- what kind of playlist is going on? Are we more the kind of uh, Justin Bieber, um, Iggy Azalea world, or are we more in the kind of uh, mums and dads driving kids to school kind of world? Yeah, bit more family contemporary, bit more Michael Bublé, take that, keeping it. But occasionally we'll throw one in for the kids and we'll go to a bit old school as well. We're not afraid to play a bit of MC Hammer if we want, you know, so it's a bit of a mix, really. I have quite a, I've got, you know, I've got a history in, in radio, so I know, yeah. know, I know what it takes to to keep a job in radio, let alone get a job in radio. So <laughs> when, where did your radio career start? How old were you? Uh, well, I was 15, actually, pretty much, because I did work experience. Um, well, that was my work experience placement. And then I started, I got a job at my local station when I was 18, handing out the car stickers, you know, the promo work, that kind. In fact, I was a Black Thunder girl, and I read that you were a Black Thunder. Is that right? That's exactly right. where I started. Absolutely. No way. Like, so who copied who? Oh, I don't. Somewhere, somewhere, there's a radio consultant rubbing his or her yeah. hands together going, oh, my work here is done. Stick a so spotting. Did, there we go. Uh, so did you do what I did, which was pretty much get paid to drive around, hand out car stickers, speak to people? It's the easiest job in the world. It was great. Well, it was it was interesting. I certainly got to explore parts of the city that I lived in that had perhaps lesser standards of dental hygiene than my own. It was quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I did that for a bit, and then uh, and then I went to uni, and then I came to another radio station, and then sort of my, worked my way up through the ranks, you know, um, working and getting audio and then I was a travel girl and then I got a solo weekend show and then ended up on breakfast. So, yeah, and I'm still here. So I've been at the same station for 10 years now nearly, which is a long time. That and, um, you know, I for, for, I know what it is to to have that kind of job. It's a, it's a pretty intense workload. Can you give us, folks listening, an idea of what your kind of day-to-day is like? Yeah, so my alarm goes off at 4.25am. I get into work. We get, I get, in, get in at half five and then we have half an hour to prepare the show and just wake up a bit. Um, on air at six, show finishes at 10 and it's a very um, high energy show. It's breakfast show, so I've got a lot going on. And then at 10, we generally mess about for a bit and then we have a meeting, breakfast meeting, and we talk about the next day and, and what we're going to put in the show for the next day. And uh, we're usually done by about 11.30. And now at the moment, I've really got into a bit of a health kick at the moment. I'm obsessed with CrossFit. Do you do CrossFit over there? I know. I do know of it, yes. Uh, so that's usually till sort of about one o'clock. And then I it, I live about 45 minutes from here. So I get home and then just do other bits and bobs, really. That's the, Well, that's the key, really, when you're doing a breakfast radio shift. They do sort of kick you out the door about 11 o'clock going, you actually have to live a life so you've got something to talk about tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's it yeah so i try and do that as much as i can so um it's good it's good it's not too bad it's good this time of year when it's nice and light in the morning and uh the winter months are pretty rough but could be worse we're talking today because you have a, a very personal connection with Movember. Would you be so kind as to take us through how you became involved? Yeah, so um, I lost my dad five years ago to prostate cancer. And um, it was uh, when he was diagnosed, uh, he was diagnosed with advanced aggressive um, prostate cancer. And at that point, I knew nothing about prostate cancer. I hadn't heard of it. I wasn't aware of how, um, you know, how severe it was and how common it was, which was baffling to me I couldn't believe that I didn't know anything about it and I I sort of spent all that time learning as much as I could about it uh the whole family did and I lost my dad two years after that he was diagnosed that you know they said it would probably be a couple of years which obviously you know my dad was super fit very healthy didn't smoke he didn't drink it was such a shock you know and um I just felt like People need to know that this is something that can happen to them or their family member or someone that they know. After he died, I just felt this sort of helplessness. And, and, you know, when he was alive as well, I did campaigning because it it frustrated me that we knew nothing and uh, there'd been no warning. You know, it just come from nowhere and now there was nothing we could do about it. And I know my dad's story a lot, uh, you know, is very similar to a lot of guys who, as soon as they have symptoms, they don't just go and get checked. They wait you know, as long as they possibly can or ignore it or don't want to talk about it. And my dad was exactly the same. And I think that was to his detriment. Yeah. So, you know, there's so many other charities that seemed so huge that we were aware of, like breast cancer. And it just felt like, you know, why don't we know more about this? This is the biggest male cancer killer in men. And yet I wasn't aware of any of it. So, um, so I've done a few things since then to try and get my voice across and get my story across. And, you know, when my dad was still with us, um, I did, you know, what we did, I did like a charity calendar and wanted to raise money and awareness. And my dad was part of that as well, which was really great. And he was happy for me to talk about it and, and, and get it out there because I think he was, you know, just as frustrated that it had happened to him and that he also had no, you know, warning or, or there was no awareness. When the diagnosis did happen, the conversations that you would have had with your, your workmates, your friends, they would have been they would have been kind of difficult for you then, wouldn't they? Yeah, it was just strange because, you know, for a start, like I said, my, my dad was uh, fit and he was uh, 60 when he was diagnosed, which isn't old, you know, and he was a very fit, healthy 60-year-old. But also, yeah, people hadn't heard of it and it, it was kind of awkward, you know, especially because it's like prostate cancer and it's, you know, for guys, a bit embarrassing I think and um, it's difficult it's strange when something like that happens because people do feel very uncomfortable talking about cancer it's that kind of well it's getting better but it was definitely that thing people just don't know how to react around it and I do think it's becoming a lot more normal as in you know because we're talking about it more and it's so common it's not as uncomfortable but it was definitely I used to find it harder telling people you know, than hearing it myself because it was created this kind of awkward scenario. Yeah, it it definitely was just something that needed to be addressed. If it's okay, what would you say to people who are listening that perhaps their father's been diagnosed or their father is going through it? What what would you want them to know about about how they could, I don't know, have a conversation with their father or, or what would you like them to know? I think just talking about it is the main thing you can do, but also 
remembering to, to, to get, you know, getting on with your life and, and enjoying your life and not trying. It, it's hard for it not to take over everything and totally consume you and your thoughts. And I think it's very important to do research, first of all, and look into all your options and really learn as much as you can about it. You know, like we changed my dad's diet immediately. Um, which is something now I'm still very wary of, you know, what sort of things learning more about food and what you eat and what you consume is really important to me. And I think that was the first thing we did. But yeah, it, it's difficult because I think it depends what kind of person your, you know, your dad or male relative might be like, you know, my dad was very, very pragmatic. He was a pilot and he was, everything was very, you know, if he had a problem, he dealt with it in a very matter of fact way. It wasn't, there wasn't a huge amount of emotion, there was no emotion, in fact. You know, when I found out that he had this, I was in bits and I got there and he was, as expected, sat at the kitchen table going, okay, so this is the problem. This is how we're going to try and deal with it. And, and that's how it was. And so I think we had to then adjust and deal with it because that's how he dealt with the problem. So I think it depends on the kind of person you're dealing with. But, you know, I think it did towards the end I could tell that he did need to talk about it and it did become a lot more emotional and you you know we did get to a point where we thought there isn't a lot more we can do here and we're running out of options and then I think you do need to just spend time together and just really talk it out but also just focus on enjoying that time together because it is so precious and it can just go so quickly. What changed about how you look at men and their relationship to their own health through your experience? I get quite frustrated with it because, um, you know, just my other half, for example, he will have things and I'll say, we'll go to the doctor and he won't. And, you know, I'll tell the story of my dad and say, please, you know, it's just vital. And what's the big deal? This whole stigma about men just not getting on with it and getting seen to is, is, it's frustrating because I don't understand why it takes so long, you know, just to get it seen to. But I think we're slowly breaking down that kind of stigma. But it's still it's still very much there. And it's like, oh, well, I'm a man. I'll just carry on. You know, my uh, I've got two older brothers as well. And I know that they get reg- fairly regular checks. But I, I think there's a part of them, especially because um, with prostate cancer being um, hereditary in, in men, uh, they do probably worry about it and I think they there's probably a part of them that starts to ignore it because they probably don't want to think oh that's going to be me in a few years so I just think if when it happens it's going to be such a shock so just if even if it's something tiny just go in get it sorted out give yourself that peace of mind and just just do it get on with it you know Uh, through your experience with this how important were the conversations that you were having not only in your personal life but also at work yeah, really important. Um, I, I guess I'm quite lucky where I work here. I've known the guys for, you know, 10 years now and at that point, five years. Um, so we could talk very openly about it. But I also found uh, work a great escapism as well. I thought um, after I'd lost my dad, I had a few weeks off and I thought it might be weird going back. But actually, it was quite refreshing to, and this sounds almost selfish, but to be away from cancer and talking about it because it does consume your life. And um, it was a great, you know, I could be, when my dad was going through treatment, I could be in bits, but I'd come into work and it was like, okay, I can turn off from that now. And I think you can use things like work and your friends to, to have that escapism. I think it's important to do that because whilst you should always talk about it, it is very important to, to try and, you know, keep yourself going and, um, and not get too bogged down in it. You are- 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, have become quite, the, as you mentioned earlier, quite, I don't want to use the word evangelist, but you've become quite someone who's really ready to spread the word of awareness about uh, prostate cancer and you've chosen Movember to, to do that. Why, why Movember? I just found that um, a lot of charities, well, there was a charity that I used when I did my first sort of campaign and I just don't, I think what Movember do that's different is they make it fun and they make it exciting and they'll choose something that, you know, with the whole growing MO, this is brilliant trend, which is caught on around the world. And it's just, they do creative things because there's so many charities and we just get absolutely bombarded with sponsor me for this and do that. And, and this original charity I went with, it's like, you know, they sent a few badges and they did a couple of bits, but there's nothing that really inspires people. And, and I think the fact is, until you are sort of struck with this kind of news or you're affected by prostate cancer or a cancer, you, you're not thinking about it day to day. You know, why would you? So you need something that is going to inspire you and that's going to grab you and go, well, this looks like fun even if I don't know much about the charity or if I'm not affected by prostate cancer, I still want to get involved with it. You know, so what I loved about them was just that the, the way they embrace it and, and I think they've took, you know, fundraising and charity and, and the whole, you know, sort of camaraderie of getting everyone involved to a whole new level. And I just thought that was brilliant. And it was so unique and it is unique. And and they're always evolving and coming up with fresh new ideas. And I think it's just it's brilliant because that's what you need, because people aren't just going to go, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll sponsor that and that and that. They need a reason, I think. And speaking of reasons, you gave them a hell of a reason last year. You cycled 380 k's, which is just over 230 <laughs> miles from Yosemite in the, the east of California to San Francisco yeah. in the north of California. Yeah. On a bicycle. What an adventure. Yeah, it was amazing. The funny thing about that is I thought, you know, I'll be honest, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it big and I want to do it somewhere exciting. And, you know, you get a lot of these sort of charity ideas. So I just signed up for it without having been on a bike for about 10 years. Um, I thought it'll be okay. I'll do some training. And I got a bike, all the gear, no idea. 
I got on it and I, I had an actual meltdown after about five miles because I could not believe how difficult it was. You know, getting up a hill, I just, I thought I'll be fine. I'm reasonably fit. It was another level. And it took me so long to train and get to a point where I could handle more than like 25 miles. And we were doing, you know, sort of 60, 70 miles a day for five days, uh, you know, some longer than that. And it was a real mental challenge. And I had some, yeah, it was, it was so much harder than I thought. I mean, it was brilliant, brilliant experience, but wow. I mean, I, I haven't been on a bike, I'll be honest, since then. It didn't scar me, but um, it was, yeah, it was tough. What did you learn about yourself from challenging yourself like that? I think by the end of it, you know, I realized that just that, I mean, it sounds really cheesy, doesn't it? But anything is possible if you put your mind to it. I think it was quite good that I signed up before having gone on a bike because had I done that, I don't think I would have done it. If I'd gone out on that bike and then said, okay, I'm going to, there's no way I would have signed up. But yeah, it was the mental part getting you through. There was one day when we had, um, we had this long stretch, like in the middle of a Western, like in the middle of nowhere. And it was for 35 miles, just this flat road. But we had a wind, the wind was against us, but it was also like 32 degrees. And it was just horrible. And that doesn't sound that bad. But when you can see nothing on your horizon for 30 miles, it's, it takes you to a really dark place. But, you know, the thing is with that, if you, you go to that place, but coming out the other end is just, you know, there's no feeling like it. You know, the end of that day was just, you just feel like you've achieved. And um, I think it makes you realize what you are capable of. Uh, so it was, oh, it's a fantastic thing to do. And, you know, it's a great way to, to raise money and awareness as well. And I'm sure you were getting lots of messages from support of, of support along the way. Yeah, well, we didn't have, um, we struggled to get Wi-Fi all the time. So it's not like we could be on like tweeting and everything. But every time we did, we'd go on and people would be going, go on. But uh, yeah, and the strange thing about being out there is, you know, if you do a kind of charity bike ride or a marathon, you've got people along the sides cheering you on. There were four people in our group. Two of those had done no training and did one mile and had to drop out. They did one mile because they, they, they weren't trained for it and they had to sit in the coach and hand out the snacks. So there was basically, like, no joke. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So it, it ended up being, yeah, it was three of us in the end doing this bike ride. And you'd go for miles and not see another person. So you didn't kind of have that support, which was, you know, it was quite hard. But, um, but obviously when we came home and the support from November and everything was fantastic. So it was worth it for that. But, yeah. <laughs> Wind. <laughs> yeah, wind. As a cyclist, wind yeah. <laughs> can be as can be as bad as mountains. Wind. Ah, oh, horrible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just some of the hills. I mm, I could bore you with cycling for hours. By the way, oh, we we'll, we'll talk about cycling separately because we're probably yeah. yeah. We, we are here to talk about Movember, and uh, you know, you've mentioned it quite a few times, but the power of the conversation uh, doesn't. You know, it, it just keeps coming back in in your story. What would you say to people who say, for example? their dad's seen a doctor twice in his life and one of them was when he was given, you know, delivered. Um, you know, what would you say to people who've got a dad like that? I think you've just got to say, you know, kind of make it selfishly about how, how they feel. Maybe, you know, if you say that it's stressing me out that you're not going and, and I need that peace of mind as much as you do and I guess it's fear that stops guys from going of, of what they're gonna what, what they're gonna find out. Fear, and fear masquerading as as toughness. Do you think? 
I think it must be, yeah. Because otherwise, why wouldn't you just go? It's so easy. You just make an appointment and you just go. And I, yeah, I think it, it, it has to be that. It can't. Uh, there's nothing tough about finding out that you have stage five advanced cancer. There's nothing, you know, manly about that. You know, it's just a horrible situation. So, and no one has to know as well. And it's, it, yeah, I think the only advice I'd give is is just to encourage that, it, it won't be that bad. There's a good chance it won't be anything that bad. But what's the harm? And to do it for every everyone else in their lives, even if it's something they're not bothered about, just think of the other people in their lives. And if it's worrying them, then it's it would do them a favour. And as as you mentioned, w- with your father, no matter what the result is, there's there's action that you can take. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, um, he tried all sorts of um, trials, and I, I, I think. Had had it been a few years later, there could have been a trial now that would have worked better for him. And you just never know because it's advancing so much all the time. And there's a lot of things, they're making a lot of headway with, with uh, prostate cancer research. So, you know, it's not, I think that's the other thing, you know, it, if you do get bad news, it's not necessarily, that's it, it's the end, you know, it's not going to be, there are many ways to, to fight this. And um, early detection is, is the best thing for it so you get in there early that could make make it an entirely different story and I think that could have been the case for my dad you know we'll never know now you know if he had gone earlier it all it would have done would have helped when you're out and about and I know you know when you do the kind of job you do you're always out meeting the people um (laughs) do you find yourself having conversations with men yeah I think um I mean, if they ask me about it or if, if it's something that, that comes up and people, a lot of people, you know, the bike ride is perfect because I guess it's not something that would come up in everyday chat necessarily, unless it was, a, I was at a November event, of course. But things like the bike ride, you know, everyone who asked me about that, everyone who I spoke to about that, they knew why I was doing it and what it was for. And it triggers something. And the most incredible thing that happened um, with me doing it on air was... Um, I talked about um, my dad on air and a few weeks later I had a letter from a guy and he said thank you for highlighting prostate cancer I wasn't aware of it and I had a problem I went to see what it was it was prostate cancer and they, they can do something about it and he actually said in the letter that you know you talking about it potentially saved my life because it, ha- it wasn't something that crossed my mind but your dad's story just triggered something in me that just go and get checked out you know, and I've got that letter at home and it meant so much because even if me talking about it, uh, you know, it made a difference for that one person, then that's, you know, I've done, I was so chuffed with that because who knows how, how other many men heard that and maybe did the same and, you know, didn't let me know. And it just triggers the conversation and that's all it is, you know. That's all you need to hear is that one story or that one thing that makes you go, right, I've got to get this sorted or I've got to go and talk to them about this. If not for yourself, but for your family, as, you, as you've mentioned. Exactly. Yeah, because, because it's not something you go through yourself. You know, your whole family goes through it. It affects everybody. It affects your fr- friends, your family, work, you know, and it's, it, it's painful for everyone around you. So it's, yeah, it's in everyone's best interests. So you rode halfway or almost all the way across California last year. What are you planning for November this year? Yeah. Um, well, there was a bike ride coming up, which they've asked me about, which is on older bikes, which is kind of terrifying because, I mean, if anything, I, I need I need the high-tech gears. 
Um, I've also been, uh, I've kind of been persuaded to do a half marathon. Um, I can't go for a full yet, but I'm not a runner at all. You see, this is it. I don't know why I did. You know, after I did the bike ride, I said, I'm not doing any kind of sporting thing again. I'm just going to do collecting outside on the street or something. I'm not doing sporting stuff. It's too hard. But yeah, I'm doing a half marathon in September. So um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've started doing some training. I think I'll be okay, but um, well, we'll see. We'll see if I get through it. I might have to walk the last few miles, but you know, I feel like you've got to have a goal and it's good to work towards something. And again, it raises the conversation. So it's all good. <laughs> Are you uh, a team captain of a, of a Movember team? I have tried. Yeah, I've put together a team. Well, last year I struggled a bit because I was actually away over Movember when I was actually doing the bike ride. But yeah, this year we've got so a group of guys here on the show. They always grow a mo. Um, my other gr- half grows a really great bushy mo. So um, I'm going to get them all together in a team, yeah. And I will definitely be team captain. We like to end these interviews with the same questions for everybody. So uh, if, it's, okay. if it's okay, even though you've gone on to explain it in great detail, if you could sum it up, what does Movember mean to you? Movember to me is all about raising awareness of such an important cause, uh, men's health, prostate cancer. It's, it's just... And it's just a fun and exciting way to engage with a charity and get involved and get such an important message out there. And they do it in such an exciting and creative way. Everyone could get involved. And it's just, it's a joy to be a part of. If you could pick up the phone and have a, uh, a conversation with your 18-year-old self, what would you say to her? Oh, wow. Um, just don't worry about anything really because I think things just happen and you know just go with it and just go for the ride and just say yes to everything not everything but you know take every opportunity and um I like to think that I I don't really have any regret um because I think things just happen you know for a reason you learn from it and move on so yeah just have a great time And when it comes to your mates, what's most important to you about your friends? The most important thing um, to me about my friends is that we are very com- we're comfortable enough to to sort of be rude to each other. I quite like that within my friendship group. Where you know we like taking the mick and it's not too serious ever. It's rarely serious, but we do a lot of stuff together, and uh, they're all good fun. There's quite a, it's quite a strange bunch of them, really, but. Yeah, just always doing things. I like to be out and about and traveling and trying new things all the time. So, yeah, they're a good group for that. Oh, Amy, we're, we're lucky to have spoken with you today. I know you've been up since stupid o'clock, so thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you. Thank en- you. It's great. Enjoy, enjoy your workout of the day at CrossFit today. I will, yeah. Thanks for your time. Nice to meet you. Take Thank care. You. That was Amy Vos. You can find her on Twitter at Amy Vos, V-O-C-E, A-M-Y-V-O-C-E. Let her know you heard her here. If you did like this show, please leave a comment and a rating in iTunes. really helps us out. Simply tell a friend. Just forward them a podcast. Hey, check this out. That would really help out the show. I'm grateful that I could share this conversation with you, though it should never replace a conversation with your own doctor. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can also find other episodes of this show at MovemberRadio.com. Also, if you subscribe, we'll show up in your phone each week. SoundCloud, iTunes, podcast app of your choice. This episode of Movember Radio was produced by myself, Oshie Ginsberg, with Molly Hindman and Lavanya Nagendran. Music was by Toe Hider. Audio production on this episode, Daryl Misson. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.